Welcome to Board Game Impact, a podcast where I look into board games and related topics of interest so that way you can know the impact that they may have for your gaming group. Today, I'm doing an impact review on The Grim Forest by Tim Eisner, published by Druid City Games. My name is Bruce Brown, and you can find me on Board Game Geek as Bruce Brown and on the various social media outlets as Board Game Impact. So today we're talking about The Grim Forest. The Grim Forest is based on, obviously, grim fairy tales, which inspired many of the most popular Disney animated films. And in the game, you take on the role of one of the infamous little pigs, and your goal is to build the three houses, each of which can be made of either straw, wood, or brick. You simply build three houses, and once a player builds three houses, that signifies that the current round is the final round, meaning that other players may finish their actions, and if any of them build a third house as well, then there's a tie, and you actually compare the strengths of your houses with brick being the strongest and being stronger than wood, which is then stronger than straw. Uh, But if there's only one person to actually build those three houses, then they just win. What's actually pretty funny is in going back to the idea that you're little pigs, uh, the Grim Forest is played over a series of rounds beginning with the first player. And the first player is determined by who last ate a piece of bacon. (laughs) So think about that amongst your group. Maybe talk it out. Uh, And once you figure that out, you get to go ahead and play. And each round consists of exactly two phases. There's first the gather phase and the build phase. So during each round, each player is going to get two turns. One in the gather phase, one in the build phase. Thankfully, to track all this, though, the game does come with very convenient, very well-made little player cards uh, with one side being the gather phase and one side being the build phase. So you know the corresponding actions you can take because they're the only ones face up. So when you start start the build phase, you'll turn that card over and it'll show you your choices. So that first phase, though, is called the gather phase. I'm going to explain the typical first round of play. Uh, Each player secretly chooses from their hand of cards a gather card. So if you think about it, in in order to build your house, you need to get the supplies. So there are four different locations that you can gather things from. You can gather from the field, which, of course, gives you straw, forest, which gives you wood, the brickyard, which gives you brick, and in a four-player game only, you also add on the market. All of those different locations have various resources on them of that player of that type. And you secretly choose one of the locations that you want to send your little pig miniature to. Once you've all secretly chosen, you all reveal at the same time and you move your pig to that corresponding location and collect the resources that are on it. If two or more pigs share the same location, then in player order, each player chooses a single resource from that location one by one, going around and around as many times as you need to in order to remove all the resources from that area. Then at the end of that phase, you'll restock each of those locations with a corresponding number of that resource, which is located on the location tiles themselves. Now, the resources that you got to take are stored on your nice, fancy little player Now, the second half of the round is called the build phase, during which you get to choose any two actions. So the build phase is a little bit more complicated. However, it's a lot of fun and it's really simple to understand. It just takes a little bit of learning as this is where the complexity of the game actually shows. So the first option you have is to gain a single resource of your choice, either wood, brick or straw. 
Now you can choose to do that twice. So you can get two resources essentially, but you get to choose each one independently. The second option that you have is to draw what's called a fable card. Now, I haven't talked about these yet, and that was intentional. Fable cards are cards that you have in hand. Uh, you start the game with none. So I was going to start this conversation off with exactly how you would start the game. But if you choose to, you can draw a fable card, and these cards uh, get chosen. You can play a maximum of one per turn, played at the beginning of the gather phase. And fable cards will resolve first before revealing locations, and you'll do that in player order. Now, what do they actually do? It, these Fable cards can actually enhance gather locations, maybe adding more resources or bonuses to players that go there, but you've already selected which gather, gather location you're going to, so you know and you can kind of layer that, which is nice, and the other players will just kind of luck out if they happen to, or be in a really bad situation because you can send monsters just like the big bad wolf to those locations. One of the examples of a fable card is like cutting corners, which if you're the only player who's at that location, then you get to take this card, put it by your player board. And what's nice is that it actually becomes a spot where you can start building houses as well, um, in addition to your normal spots on your board. But what's nice about this one is essentially it's like no one knows about it. And so you can cut corners by paying one less to build, which is very nice because it makes things cheaper. Other things you can send is maybe that big bad wolf. And you have a miniature for the wolf, which is phenomenal, which if you or another player happen to go to a location with the big bad wolf, then guess what? All the players at the lowest location must destroy either a straw or wood house section of your choice, um, which is really, really nice. And uh, probably the worst one to have happen to you is the dragon. Um, before collecting any resources, all players at the dragon's location must discard all their resources from their player board. So not the resource area. Essentially, you sent your little pigs into the area. Dragon got mad because, hey, you woke it up. So it came over to your player board and wiped out all your resources. Now, let's say you had been waiting to like build like two sections of a house in a turn. Well, now you have nothing left, which is a lot of fun. But we'll get to how you can mitigate some of those things here in a minute. Another option that you have is to build a section of a house. Uh, once you start a section of a house type, you cannot start a new house of that same type until you complete the first one. So you can build, let's say, the floor or, um, or keep building the walls or finally build the roof. If you built a wall section, however, you also now have a place to, uh, to hang out with some friends. And there's a final deck of cards that comes with this game, and that's called the friend cards. These friends give you special bonuses and actions that you can use, and I'll explain how you do that a little bit later. But what's important to know that friends often have extremely powerful powers that can greatly enhance your ability to win when used correctly. If you'd rather not have a friend, the friend you drew or are replacing the friend that you already have, because each player can have a maximum of one, uh, then the discarded friend can either A, go to the discard pile, or even better, be gifted to another player who has to accept it. Meaning that if the other player has a powerful friend, that you're like, okay, I've had enough of that. Uh, let's say you switch their Little Red Riding Hood with Pinocchio, and now they have to completely go a different direction and throw off all their plans. And then finally, if in that building you completed a new house, uh, completed a house, and you were the first to complete a house of that type, you get the first builder bonus. So there's one of each of the three different locations. And with that bonus, you get to choose either draw a friend card, draw two fable cards, or draw one of each of the three resources and put it onto your board. 
the final, final different type of action that you can do during the build phase. Again, you get to do two actions in the build phase. So you can do the same action twice if you'd like to. But the final choice is using a special action. These special actions are indicated on the friend card. So for example, on Rumpelstiltskin's card, he has a special action where you can turn all of your straw into an equal amount of another resource type, which makes sense. Rumpelstiltskin could turn straw into gold. Some interesting notes. Uh, to make the game play up for four players, as I said, the designer added in the little piggy that went to market, as well as that market location. So yeah, it's not just the three little pigs, it's the four pigs, uh, but that that's extremely minor and just something to look over, but I just thought it was interesting to note. Uh, this game starts out very simple and remains mostly simple, but it adds in layers of fun and challenge through those fables and friends cards. Uh, the components, oh my gosh, this it's essentially like the top of the line. Uh, phenomenal min miniatures, elegant artwork that cultivates emotions, uh, and of course, game trays inserts, which as always is a godsend for storage. Uh, plus, it makes all these custom miniatures for everything. So every single monster in the game has its own corresponding miniature, um, as well as sections of the house. It's not just actual little like pieces of cardboard. These are 3D sections of house that are color coordinated based on the type of house. Full disclosure, I do have the Kickstarter version of this, but here's my thing about Kickstarters. Uh, whenever I'm like, hey, I missed out on that Kickstarter and I see the retail version, I always have the thought of like, should I pick up the retail version or am I missing out on something? What's really nice about this is that Druid City Games did not go with that approach. Uh, they went with the approach of, we're just gonna add this nice little thing that is special to you because, hey, you helped make this happen. And that is that I have a sleeve uh, for my box that makes my box look like a actual like fairy tale book when it's on my shelf. It adds nothing to the gameplay whatsoever. So all of the information that I've already told you about, all that phenomenal production value that's in this game, you can get with the retail copy. But that nice sleeve uh, definitely does just make it stand out on my shelf a little bit more. But that is it. It's simply aesthetic. But I think it was a good approach in that Kickstarter. So I've kind of alluded to this a little bit, uh, but that table presence, when people see this, they're gonna wanna check it out. Uh, it absolutely, absolutely stands out. The miniatures are super overproduced in a good way uh, for what you're doing, and it really enhances the overall game experience. So what that brought out in, my, in the players, though, is that although the fairy tales can seem dark, uh, if you actually know some of the fairy tales, they are pretty dark, and the cover art has this slightly conveying dark-esque approach to it with the uh, like the Wicked Witch essentially uh, looking over the cauldron um, and some of the other artwork on there and holding out the apple with the raven. Uh, that's not the experience you get. Um, actually, what you get is a light and fun experience that I found as a great short game that will work as a gateway game for new players. Uh, it's a great game for families and enjoyable experiences so long as the players, if you're playing with all adults, are okay with being one of the little pigs and having Disney characters as friends, which if you're anything like my group, for, uh, my friend group and my family, it's a perfect fit, uh, but just do know that. Although there are certain uh, take that elements with those fable cards I've talked about as well as the friends, uh, there's a really nice fact that you're not really playing it on the people. Um, so it's indirect player interaction in that way. Uh, you're actually playing them on the locations typically. Now, some of the things may affect direct players um, or you get to choose, right? If there's multiple players on a location, you can choose what happens to each one. Um, but what's nice is that it does have that 
indirect aspect to it. And what's really nice is that if you're somebody who's getting affected by one of the things, you may have a friend that also lets you move to a new location or choose a new thing. Uh, So that's pretty nice. Now, I would have missed a major point of this if I did not tell you that when my wife saw the miniatures for the first time for this game at uh, Board Game Geek Spring Convention, she said, we absolutely need to buy this game and I want to paint all the minis. And my wife, prior to us owning this game, has never painted a single mini in her entire life. And the fact that her just seeing this and playing it that one time inspired her to try something new in the hobby, I said, I think that that says a lot about the quality of the work that the, that went into this game, as well as a really good point to point towards other aspects of the hobby and that gateway element. So it wasn't just towards learning new games. It was actually, hey, I want to try out this other part of the hobby that I've never tried. And it's actually, so now painting has made it a new little hobby that sometimes my wife and I get to do together. And it's a lot of fun for us as a couple. Um, So for overall thoughts, the Grim Forest is a phenomenal production and Tim Eisner did a great job with it. And Druid City Games, uh, thank you for everything that you did with this and putting in the game trays. Uh, Great work all around. Uh, This is a game that I will typically be adding to my game bag for meetups as I've always had a great time, but also it's super simple to teach. Even if someone hasn't really been playing board games much, they understand the concepts behind the three little pigs and I got to build three little houses but you just have to get them over. You don't have to have one of each and explaining some of those rules. And the since the game layers by having the gather phase first, and then you can layer in the fable cards and the friend cards, you don't immediately start with any of the thing, those things because you need to either A, choose to get fable cards, or B, build walls to get friends. Uh, but it's definitely a shorter game. Uh, definitely does not, it's not a brain burner, really. It's just one of those fun experiences that I, I have gotten to have with family and friends. That's been a lot of fun. Um, so if any of this stands out to you as something you would like, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, and I think that they've done a phenomenal job for looking at what we could get out of a game in terms of production and table presence. Um, so definitely look towards them for some of those lessons. And thank you, Druid City Games, for everything you did for this game. Again, my name is Bruce Brown, and you can find me on Board Game Geek as Bruce Brown. Thank you for listening to Board Game Impact. I hope that learning about what experiences are going on for me makes a positive impact on your gaming group. You can learn more about me by visiting our website, boardgameimpact.com. If you had a topic that you'd like to have discussed, please email me at boardgameimpact at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at boardgameimpact. Our Facebook page is Board Game Impact. But really, thank you to our phenomenal Patreon backers and PayPal donors for supporting this show and making it all possible. If you enjoyed this show, I would greatly appreciate it if you could just take a moment after listening to this and share it with your friends and especially rate it on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. And that would greatly help get the content out for others as well as make it more discoverable. So thank you for everything that you're doing and enjoy the hobby. I hope that this has been helpful for you. But until next time, go have a positive impact on the world.